Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bombas socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Hello and welcome to Still Got Legs, a Doctor Who rewatch podcast brought to you by Another Happy Studios. This week, the Doctor's greatest enemy returns to have us all hiding behind our couches. This is Dalek. Hello, Lawrence. I could feel that one. That was... That was... It's too late to give it another go, but you were, you, I'm going to still give it to you because you had the confidence to pull it through. Look, it was, look, I came in just a bit too late on the end. Like, the beat had already come in when I was saying, this is Dalek. But, but what, I, what I respect is that you didn't, you didn't rush it. You just no. kept your pace and you were like, it is what it is. Hey, look, I'm nothing if not a professional. Anyway, thank, <laughs> thank you for joining us on this breakdown of Nathan Does the Intro. Um, let's let's discuss and review this week to week because that's what everyone wants. I think it's good. <laughs> choose the fat, doesn't it? Gets us straight in. Welcome <laughs> to it. this silly little show where we watch and discuss another silly little show. Lawrence, what did we watch this week? Uh, this week we watched an episode just called Dalek. It was the sixth episode, I want to say. It in was the revival series. The sixth episode of series one. Almost 18 years old. Bloody hell. And well, many people's first introduction to arguably the Doctor's, as you said in the intro, most notable foe. Uh, a, a scary big bin. <laughs> their greatest enemy. Um, yeah, my first introduction, for sure. So, yeah. And yeah, a lot of other people. I'd imagine yours, maybe. As what I think I saw... Oh, you would have caught your first episode was like the last minute of... Yeah, Jenny's so I think end. I think I got the I think I got the big emperor like blowing up or something. <laughs> yeah. Um so I recognize like the ears and the voice, but Yeah. But they, I mean that's that's not the emperor dalek isn't what all daleks are, is it? So No. No. Um interesting stuff. Um the TARDIS picks up a distress signal. So we open uh just basically to the TARDIS materializing in uh, the distant future of 2012, Nathan. I love this. I love, it's my favourite genre 
of Doctor Who episode is <laughs> is far off future, which is now in the past. It's oh, it's delicious. It, it, it makes the Doctor feel old. Does it make you feel old? It, yeah, it does. It does because this is what would have been uh, seven years in the future at the time is now eleven years in the past. So. I was a little bit comforted by Rose being like, oh, that's not too far off. And I was like, thanks, Rose, it's not. But then it, it has been over a decade since 2012 now yeah. as well. So, and that's, so that's, much, that's fun. So much has happened since 2012. I How old was you in 2012? Uh, well, I was born in 97, so if you're better at maths than me, do that. Uh, 15? Sounds about right. Yeah. Or it, could, or it, or it sounds wrong. I'm or, terrible at maths and I'm, I'm not going to live on air try and work it out for people's amusement. No, it's 15. I was... Um, well, if I, if I was 15, you would probably been around the 26 mark. <laughs> Great. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's not true. Um, I turned 18, I think. Uh, no, I turned 18. No, I was 18. Yeah, I turned 18 in 2011. So I was 18 for most of the year. Uh, so there we go. Some some interesting facts for you there. A bit of trivia, <laughs> <laughs> a bit of uh, um, fun trivia. But no, we, we so we land in Utah, and it's uh, what I quite like is it was um, it, you get to see all the uh, the prop department just go wild because you've got yeah. some exhibits there. Um, you've got a Slovene arm that they haven't binned yet from the last episode <laughs> that they got just this, yeah. throw in some glass. We got this Slovene arm left over from last week. Let's let's throw that in there. Is yeah. here's some silver metal that we haven't used for anything else yet. Sure, put a sticker on that. That can be, I don't know, a myelometer. Sure, why not? There we go. It got me thinking. When? Why were these props created? Because there's there's obviously like the Mondasian Cyberman. It's not. Uh, a, it's not a Mondasian Cyberman. Oh, is it not? No. It's, it's just the old one. Ma- Mondasian Cyberman is specifically like the very first incarnation, which is like literally just like a sock. And then a little bit of like a metal hat. Oh, you are right. Yeah, yeah. I remember now. Yeah. Um, well, either way, that that was obviously <clears> put there because I mean, maybe it was a restored prop. Who knows? Maybe they just quickly whipped it up. That that was there to get the dads pointing and going back in my day. We had them yeah. for Cybermen. <laughs> um, but the other one um, is 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 for an episode we haven't seen yet. It's when um, it's when the Slitheen in Boomtown just has the arm out when she's strangling Rose. <laughs> so. So they they were working on that and they whipped that up and Wait, they just you, threw it in here. Yeah, but we've seen a Slovene arm. Yeah, but it's always, it's always connected to like the rubber suit, isn't it? They're not like I said, they're not going to. Um, we know they didn't just cut the arm off of because they used the like the grey old crusty Slovene suits in Sarah Jane Adventures. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah, so they wouldn't have just like cut an arm off the suit. They would have <laughs> specifically made an arm for Margaret or whatever to wear. Yeah, and they probably had it in advance, and they went, "I'll oh, throw it in." We need, we need to pad out with some alien shit. I see what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, but uh, true, true. But series TV shows are not filmed in order, so who knows? No, that's that's true. Yeah, yeah it so. could have been it could have been a discarded proper. It could have been a prop to be. <clears throat> um, we are introduced to Henry Van Stratton, Staten, Staten, or as I like to call him, Elon Cook Gates. Yeah, Generic I was going to ask you who 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 is he a parody of? Because he's clear, it's clearly someone. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> but it kind of seems to be amalgamation of all of them. It's, it's just terrible, evil, generic billionaire. Just like yeah. take your pick. Like 
he chooses the president, but his he's like a globally famous figure, but his work is a secret, and it's supposed to yeah. be hush hush, and no one knows what he does. He owns the internet, apparently. Um, but no one, but but does he? Because no one thinks he does. So really, does he? <laughs> I mean, if he's somehow earning all the money from the internet, then I guess. But then everyone that's ever owned a website just has a hidden transaction fee. And they're like, "Where's that going?" They're like, "Shut up, shush, <laughs> shush! Don't you can't you can't talk about that." It's going to Henry Van Staten. Um, that's who it is? Yeah, uh, a bit odd. Really, bit bit of a a weird, just like slimy, slimy American. I'm evil because yeah. I'm evil. But hey, I'm never against billionaires being depicted as cunts because all of them are, every single one. Yeah, I mean, the, like we we've spoken about this as well. But like the the nature of billionaires in general can't exist without exploitation existing. So like, That's true. <laughs> so you, they are all guilty, even if they're nice-ish people. By association, they're terrible people. We also um, get uh, Diana Goddard, who is his uh, assistant. What do you think of her? I liked her. I mean, she's I like. He's one of them. I, maybe I'm speaking about just being associated with billionaires. Um, strikes me as someone that goes along with it, yeah. While the while the going's good, and when the going gets rough, she's like, "You were wrong this whole time," mm. and I'm like, "Well, then so are you." It's true, yeah, yeah. Then. But um, but at the same time, I like that you know, there's there's elements of her where when when the shit hits the fan, it, she's not one of the soldiers that's just like happy to die for the cause. She's just like, <laughs> "No, you're dumb. How do we fix this?" I mean, yeah, but that was mainly because her own life was in danger. Like, I'm sure she would have spent countless years. While this man just committed atrocity after atrocity, just being like, oh. "Yeah, no, very good, boss. You're right." No, it, look, don't get me wrong. It's not lost on me that she watched two soldiers' guns not work, and then she ordered the rest of the soldiers down there. Yeah, like what I can only assume is just a wall of humans, uh, human shields, before the Dalek got to her to simply slow it down. Maybe yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, yeah, um, not not great. And the most aggressive American accent you've ever heard. I don't think anyone in this episode is actually American. I mean, I haven't checked, but I somehow I, I think Henry's got a fairly convincing one. Mm, mm, I don't know. I don't know. It's it's all it's all just a bit too generic and. You know, like you know, like Doctor Strange in the first Doctor Strange. It's all just a bit oh, yeah. too, like, I don't know. There's, there's. It's not. I know. It's not from anywhere. It's just America. Tm. You know. Well, they said the episode's based in Utah. I maybe, maybe I'm thinking it is clearly. Maybe, maybe I'm thinking it is clearly Americans. Mainly just because for this episode, perhaps they deliberately didn't cast Welsh extras. Um, <laughs> yeah. So that that so there's that level of distance between like a typical non-accented Doctor Who extra. Um, I did I, don't know. I did look up the one thing I did look up was the writer for this episode, Robert Shearman. Um, mm. And surprisingly enough, this is literally the only episode of Doctor Who he's written. Um, and one of four things that he's written in total. So, Jeez, what? Yeah. <laughs> what were the, what were the other things? Anything notable? Or? Uh, the other thing was a. Uh, he wrote for the Doctor Who Monthly Adventures magazine between 2002 and 2003. Um, he okay. wrote a short film called Static in 2016, and then he wrote one episode of a TV show called Born and Bred in 2003. So, okay. oddly, oddly profound and talented of a writer, in my opinion, to 
not have that many credits to his name. I, I look before we, cause we've kind of already got into the episode. But where where are you at with it? Where do you sit with Dalek? I mean, can I finish my fun little note? Oh, go on, finish your note. Yeah, sorry, I was, I was just, I did want to say that um, the one thing I did look up about Robert Sherman. Um, not necessarily that I looked this up, but I found it that he has been married to his wife called Jane Goddard since uh, November two thousand and two. So, <laughs> so a bit of trivia there. A bit of trivia. <laughs> That's where he got the surname from. A little bit of a sweet little thing. So there Lovely. You go. He's put. He put his. He put uh, his wife. His wife's cat. His wife's surname. He put into an episode where she shares a surname with arguably a war criminal. Um, so that's that's always sweet. All right, well, fuck me, I guess. Then I just wanted to <laughs> say a nice, fun little, a sweet little thing. But I this thought, as a man who is getting, him. as a man who is getting married in five days, Lawrence, that's not true. In, at the time this episode comes out, it is. I. Oh my. Oh fuck. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Oh shit. You're I not thought wrong. that you would appreciate that. Maybe I should tell your bride to be to run. No. So no, don't don't tell her that. <laughs> I was about to say she'll leave me at the altar, but that's not. I'm pretty sure that's not how it works. Oh, it is how it works. Yeah, she can leave you at the altar. Yeah, she can. Oh fuck, mm. def- definitely don't tell her then. Yeah, Nathan, what do you think of this episode? I think many things. <laughs> Please share some with us today, if, if you if you would, good sir. I don't think I will. No, okay. I'll treat you to a few. I I said last week that um, World War Three, which is the episode we discussed last week, which is why I said it last week, is probably the best episode that we'd gotten up until that point. It was like the first actually good episode of New Who. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's the first episode that if I watched it today, I'd be like on board. I wouldn't immediately turn away and never come back to the show. Yeah. This episode is the first truly great episode of New Who. This is this is some good meaty shit right here. Yeah, I think it's like I said about the writer like it's weirdly profound in ways that I I wouldn't expect and I think also maybe maybe Doctor Who misses in some aspects because you are dealing with a war-torn Doctor who is ridden with guilt versus the first time he's been able to see his greatest enemy, like the personification of everything he fucking hates. He's able to see that for the first time since the war, since the Great Tragedy. And if you were wondering about the war, you get a lot of you get a lot of clarification here, like way more than you've got before. You you do get a lot of answers about uh, the time war, so it's good the you know the stuff that was first brought up a few episodes back. The Doctor like mentioning he's the only one and all that sort of stuff. It's finally sort of paid off, and you get some answers to it. What what, what do you think of you know the time war and the idea that the Doctor and the Daleks they had this massive battle and now it's just him and all that sort of stuff? I I love it because personally it kind of. In in the time that Doctor Who was off air, even though I wasn't consciously like waiting for it, yeah. um, it's nice to fill those gaps in for lifelong fans that love the classic era and were patiently waiting for the new series to come out. Uh, it's nice to reward them with something um, because it, I think it'd be, it'd be boring for them to go in and for them to be like, I know everything. <laughs> but if you throw them in and lump them in with new audiences and the writers go, there was a war, you know nothing about it. This is all new ground. From um, what I understand... 
Um, and this isn't all, but from what I understand, a good majority of Classic Who fans hate the idea that, like, all the Time Lords are dead now. And that sort of really? thing. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Because but that's time- interesting. I, it's interesting, yeah. But also the Time Lords were quite a big part of, like, a lot of Doctor Who. So... To just suddenly say they all died off screen, it's it's a little controversial. I like, I get it, but then like the series is kind of quick in its, or I guess not quick, but the series gets around to the, the Doctor not actually being the last of the Time Lords, and there's there's other ones out there, and I mean there's... after three years, yeah. Well, yeah, but like I don't know, I. I guess for me, I just think if you bring in a character back and you're bringing them back in the exact same place and nothing's changed, you're just kind of starting afresh for no reason. You may it's 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 worth bringing in new mysteries and new things to explore and like I I, I, I don't know I, I get that they might have been a big deal back in the in the in the classic era of the show, but I think it adds to the 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 legend of the Doctor that he is the last one and that he is the like the last hope for these things. If you add like a fucking committee of nerds that can all do the same thing, he loses a bit of the or, or they lose a bit of the the magic. Um, I don't know if I agree with that. I agree that it's interesting. That mm. it's it's definitely an interesting aspect <clears throat> to the character and and probably has been one of the most interesting things about the show to date. Uh, I I don't know if you necessarily. If the Time Lord's been around, I don't think it lessens the show. If the Time Lords are around, though, I because you can do some. I really think it int- makes it a different show, personally. Uh, potentially, yeah, maybe. But you can also do not to speak too much about like what's to come. But for me personally, some of the most interesting stuff that's happened with the Doctor revolves around the Time Lords being back in his life and how that's affecting him and stuff, which you know comes later down the line. Um, but, and I get that, and correct correct me if I'm wrong, but do you have those emotional and interesting storylines if the Time Lords were never gone? Uh, yes, because it's not really much to do with that. Mm, okay, fair enough. Well, I mean, we'll get there. Listen, <laughs> eagle, eagle-eared listeners, <laughs> just stay tuned for five years until we're there, <laughs> uh, and, and you can hear us discuss this more. Um, yeah. <laughs> in, the, in the meantime, let's talk about... so. The Dalek is is back. It's yes. It's a it's a massive fucking deal, or should I say, the Metaltron is back. The Metaltron is uh, here and ready to go. Yeah, just the just the most obvious human name you could call something like that. <laughs> yeah, like <laughs> so shit as well. Just doesn't it just just speak to the absolute unimaginative nature of billionaires as well? Just Metaltron. Great. Yeah. Well, just two the, words that sound like alien ish. Yeah. Great. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I never even considered that with like cyber truck. Yeah, it's just fucking. It's waffle, isn't it? It's yeah. two words thrown together. <laughs> thrown together on the most ugliest fucking piece of shit you've ever seen. Yeah, but I I, I like that the mm. um, I think the doctor because it, it gets there pretty quickly the doctor goes in to see yeah. henry henry's like he he he's playing with an instrument he obviously shows that he's more concerned about owning these things rather than actually preserving them and yeah and 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 using them for the good of or uh, like kind of any kind of uh, growth on earth um and well, i mean that's obviously just fucking like colonization and gentrification and everything like that isn't it which is yeah, what yeah, yeah, it's sure, famous sure, sure. for 
Um, but I like that, that it's it doesn't really fuck around. The title is called Dalek. You know, we all know what we're here for. Yeah. Um, so they just get the Doctor in the room with the Dalek, and yeah. just probably one of my favorite scenes of Doctor Who of all time. Great scene between the Dalek and and the Doctor, just just discussing things that we know fuck all about, and it's so interesting. It's just so interesting to see them discussing, you know, the time war and. Uh, the history which at this point a lot of the audience wouldn't know shit about between them Mm. and all this sort of stuff and it's truly some great stuff and you can't can't talk about the Daleks without talking about Nicholas Briggs a man who will probably have a job for life with Doctor Who (laughs) who else is going to do the voice like He's he's great. He, he is fucking amazing. I know, obviously, a big part of it is the the voice filter or whatever, but he still does an amazing performance, even without that sort of stuff. And yeah, it's he, he's always so good, so good. And just and also like to speak to the talent of Christopher Eccleston as well. Mm-hmm. Like it's he he's one of the British greats. I know everyone has like Britain is known for like just breeding fantastic stage actors yes like like just me. these li- like nathan exactly yes. i and, did uh, a wonderful that... performance as um oh what was i called as oh the mayor in government inspector in, yeah the uh, the cockney the cockney government inspector in set yes. in the middle of russia or something yeah in 2016 which was great yeah was that wasn't the one where they dimmed the lights slowly down and God, fuck the lines, was fuck it? Yeah. <laughs> I was getting cut. <laughs> I, I set him up for it. I knew it wasn't that one, but I wanted to say it. Well, um, no one's hearing that. I was getting cut. <laughs> no, I, I, but Chris Freckleston is one of those brilliant actors, and it just mm. the talent that it takes to just kind of walk around and menacing, menacingly stare at basically an angry bin yeah. uh, while you're saying these lines. And I love that the writing is on on a massive fucking high here as well because you can see you, what you're seeing is two two figures, two embodiments of their races, so like diametrically opposed in terms of what they believe in terms of ideologies. Oh, Hamilton, yes, well done, Nathan. I, I, didn't, I, see you I didn't say anything. <laughs> I saw your smirk. I saw you smirking like Hamilton invented the word diametrically. I, I didn't say anything. I saw your I grin. I just had a little smile. That's all. Look, I like it that the, the, the bin and the doctor are so opposite, is what I'll say there. Um, diametrically what- opposed foes. <laughs> Good, but no. But you, what what you're seeing is that two people that just disagree with each other uh, are never going to ever find common ground, at least not yet, or really to any meaningful degree at this point. Um, but the ideologies that they're spewing out are both just so deeply rooted in hatred, and yeah. that that's kind of a core theme of the episode. And I think it's brilliant. Oh, it's, it's brilliant. It's a theme that really pays off well when they're they're basically you know the thing about the doctor and the daleks is the daleks have always been machines of pure hatred and war and ready to kill anything and everything that they come across and the doctor is like the antithesis of that he's like yeah uh, they're always someone who wants to help people and and save as many people as they can and all that sort of stuff but in this situation they're the exact same they're they're both the dalek essentially they're both machines of of hatred and anger and and it's because of what they've both been through because of the war 
that leads them to kind of go in opposite directions. They become, throughout this episode, they kind of take on each other's role, really, um, yeah. in a weird sort of way. Um, and yeah, it's set up great in that scene between the two of them. It's really good stuff. I just had a thought just now that, like, what if this episode <clears throat> came out today um, and they... Because this was, this was the grand return of the Daleks. Yes. And in this episode, we're kind of treated to probably one of the only times up to this point we've seen a Dalek show any sort of empathy or compassion or uh, emotion outside of you should all die. Um, and I, I just wonder if we'd be getting those horrific YouTube think pieces on how 2005's Doctor Who revival is woke because Daleks <laughs> care now. Um, I just, I just, I know we would, and that's the thing that I mean. Maybe me I mean, I can't, I can't disagree with that. What I, what I will say is there is some stuff later on which I think you might not have seen, um, whether where this idea was kind of played with, um, yeah. In the oh, no, I, ju- I just mean like strictly up until this point, I suppose. Okay, yeah, yeah, um, yeah, maybe. Who knows? <laughs> I haven't seen those episodes yet, Nathan. <laughs> You you can't embarrass me. I'm the host of a Doctor Who podcast, and you're 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 outing me. Okay. Um, but yeah, uh, what what do you think about the uh, the scenario that kind of the Doctor and Rose are mostly separate for the episode? Quite fun. Uh, I like it. It's good. Um, I think it's it's something that that tends to happen a little bit more as things go on. Really, um, it's it's. It's nice because you get to see kind of the their individual strengths play out as well. Like, obviously, they're great as a team; they're a great duo and that sort of stuff. But give you know, give Rose a chance to shine on her own. Let's let's see what she's capable without the Doctor and that sort of stuff. Um, yeah, and yeah, she's good. She's good. I I think it also kind of opens the door for if I I think this this kind of comes back in two thousand and five in Victory <clears throat> of the Daleks a little bit where like. Amy's like, oh, look, a T-robot. And Matt Smith's like, it's the most evil thing on the on the planet. I'm going to kill it with my hammer. 2010. And then, is that 2010? Yeah, it's not. It's definitely not 2005. Did I say 2005? Yeah. I meant to say season five. That's where I've gone wrong. <laughs> okay. Nathan, I'm the host of a Doctor Who podcast. <laughs> Stop embarrassing me. No, but I, um, I think one of the... A good reason why they're separating mm. this is because we get to see how Rose has learnt from the Doctor um, up until this point in their travels, and she's she's yeah. learning to be more compassionate towards creatures. And and look, from an outside perspective, this is a this is just an alien being tortured. Yeah, she didn't know what a Dalek is. Yeah, and and she's compassionate. Yeah, and I like that she's separate from the Doctor because the the Ninth Doctor, we see what happens the second he gets in a room with it. Yeah, he tries. He to starts kill it. torturing it himself. He pulls that vague electricity lever. Yeah. <laughs> And then he pulls it again. <laughs> Could easily just be a prop that they ripped off the TARDIS console and went, put it, in, put it on this generator-like looking thing or whatever yeah. the fuck. This will electrocute it, why not? <laughs> but no, I think, I think the, um, I just think it's a, it's a, it's a neat choice. Um, I'm not, it's not that I'm against Adam. I am. I just think he's a nothing character. It's in this yeah, episode. No. Yeah. no, not every episode. Which is the next, oh, really? which is the next one, and that's it. Um, yeah. yeah, he is. He's a nothing character. I don't like him. He's he, he's. This is what Rose would have rather than Mickey. Are you kidding me? I think it's mainly just because he has a vague knowledge of like, he he has more of a, a, a 
uh, what's the attitude? He has more ambition to go out and see stuff. Mickey's very content at home. Yeah, um, oh, no, no. I don't buy that. Like, Mick, I, I don't agree with look, it. Mickey's much cooler. Mickey is a king. Not no Clark. No Clark, however. Not, yes, not no Clark. But Mickey Smith is a king, okay? And look, he's a lot better than this fucking cunt. I don't like him. I, he shouldn't He shouldn't have gone with him at the end. Spoiler alert. Uh, he shouldn't be in the next episode, but he is. Um, and he's a bad character, and I don't like him. And He's just, he's just a bit boring, isn't he? He's slimy. He's boring. He's an idiot. Um, I don't like him. I I genuinely think like the the point I just made about Rose needing to be separate for her to have compassion for the Dalek. <laughs> I genuinely think Adam was written in just to remove Rose. To to kind of remove Rose from the Doctor's side in this episode, but then they just kind of because everything in this episode thematically fucking lands. Yeah. Like, all the themes work in a great way. The parallels between the Dalek and the Doctor mm. are so evident. But then it's, it's all throughout it, there's just this bumbling British idiot that's just like, I'd like to go and see the other planets in the world. Oh, Rose. And at one point he squares up to the Doctor and it's just like the most, like, it's like the least threatening thing I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> I do enjoy it when he's like, um, oh yeah, it's it's all real. Like, you know, aliens and spaceships and all these other worlds. And Rose is like, Oh no way! Oh wow! <laughs> what? No, that's crazy! Wow! Never that's... knew that. Never... <laughs> I never knew that. What? That's it's great. It's, it's great stuff from Billy. Um, yeah, and... it's good that it's like it's all becoming quaint for her now. Yeah, and... which is quite fun. Nah, fuck Adam. I don't like him. <laughs> I don't want him anywhere near Rose or the Doctor or the TARDIS. Um, and I think the actor's now in Coronation Street, so... I mean, it, it makes sense. Like, like, all due respect to the actor, I'm sure he's a nice enough bloke and everything. Nah, don't but like him. He, ha- he obviously... <laughs> I, I, but look, in the least rude way possible, I don't think he had the chops to make it past season one British TV. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't either. Um, but yeah, that that's nasty. Um, what do you think about... So, so Rose goes in... Um, Adam Adam waves his vague clearance badge to to the security guards, which I feel like he isn't authorized to have. Yeah. Um, but he goes in uh, and and gives Rose uh, a bit of free time with the Dalek, where she shows that compassion that we spoke about. Um, what do you make of all like the the hand, the, the like the regenerating the Daleks things or whatever? Bit uh, bit of an ex machina, but like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> It's fine. It's <laughs> that they hold on to that ex machina for like a couple of seasons too. Like the yeah. the palm print they of a do time actually. traveler. Ooh. <laughs> they do actually. <laughs> Surprisingly enough, that that actual palm print comes back in a big way. If like yeah, a massive way, <laughs> for like a really big thing. So yeah, a bit of sizzle. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. 
Shopify.com slash work. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Well, um... Yeah, no, a bit of an ex machina, a bit dumb, but it's no worse than any. It's no worse than the fucking, you know, the Sonic can solve this situation this week or whatever. You know, it's yeah, it's nothing too egregious. It's if it moves the plot from A to B, fucking whatever, great, and we and we get some really good story out of it, and it and it you know it makes sense for Rose to to be compassionate and and you know show the Daleks some compassion at that point. I like that she does. You know, I've often seen people say that. Rose got like everyone in that facility killed because of like what she did. I'm like, I mean, yeah, but then you could say the doctor got everyone killed by taking Rose there. Like, where do you draw the line? At the end of the also, day, she was like, just God showing comp- someone was nice. Yeah, exactly. At the end of the day, she was just showing compassion and being kind. She didn't know what a Dalek was. She didn't know what it was going to lead to. Uh, you mm. can't put that on her at all. Um and no, yeah, it's it's a good moment for her, and it's it's more of it it's it's also more of Rose kind of growing up in a way as well, especially when you see her compared to like you know end of the world and stuff where she is then compared to now. It's it's a big leap for her. Yeah, no, I agree. I think it's um, yeah, oh, yeah, because in in end of the world she was just kind of being vaguely racist to everyone, <laughs> kind of rolling. I, in. I want to say she was being racist, but. Yeah, she was she was clearly like I don't know, just a bit overwhelmed with it all. Yeah. Oh that's the word we use, wasn't it? Overwhelmed, yeah, yeah, fair enough. Um I don't know, listen, listen, watch the episode, form your own opinions. That's what we say. I want to be on the right side of history, unlike Nathan, clearly. Fuck off, fuck off. <laughs> no, I like look, speaking of um moving the plot forward, this so this was the first introduction you ever had to Daleks, right? Yes. Were you on the same side as Adam Rose and that soldier when they ran up the stairs and they were like, got you now, dickhead. <clears throat> um, well, I guess I never thought about it. Like, throughout the episode, I wasn't like, just go up the stairs. He's got no legs, you know? I, I was no, but never when, like... But when they did, were you like, wow? When they did, I was like, uh, well, to, I can't remember, but I imagine I would have been like, <laughs> oh, yeah, maybe. <laughs> Or maybe I would have just not had that thought at all. I don't know. Um, yeah, that that's always been, like, kind of a joke about the Daleks and, like, you know, the classic years. Like, oh, they could never, you know, can't ever get upstairs or anything. They can only, like, get you if they're on the, the ground floor or whatever. Um, or they've got elevators. Um, so they fly now, to quote Star Wars. So, bit of fun. <laughs> I, um, yeah, no, I just think it... It's fine, isn't it? They just they yeah, they go upstairs. Yeah. It's it's fine and it's it makes sense. Like, why wouldn't they be able to fly? Like, and a super advanced race from who can time travel and build spaceships. Why can they not fly? Like, yeah. of, of course they should be able to. It makes perfect sense that they would. And it's also led to some great visuals and storylines since then. You know, where they are flying about and destroying shit and all that sort of stuff. So. Yeah, yeah, no, it's it's good. It's fun. 
What I um, what I always think about with Daleks, and especially when you're just saying like, obviously they've made like cages for themselves where they can fly, like all well, I suppose like their armor suits and yeah. stuff. But I often do think, um, and I think often Doctor Who has kind of written itself into a corner with these little things um, of how the Daleks operate any kind of console or anything. Yeah, I think um, that's a lot too. Yeah, because yeah, in this episode we get the first instance where the Dalek takes its plunger over, just just puts it over the keypad, and then it's like, oh, it's cracking the codes, it's doing the whole all the sums and stuff. <laughs> right, but then obviously what in reality is it's a plunger over a keypad. <laughs> um, and I just, I, I, this comes back later on with Daleks and stuff as well, um, where like the Dr. Donna is able to like flip a load of switches and reverse <laughs> things, and I'm like, how are they using any of them? <laughs> I don't get that. There's, a, there's an episode in series nine so quite a ways down the road mm. where um, tune back in in five years <laughs> tune back in in five years where uh missy and clara are together and clara gets inside the dalek um and missy tells her that like she's like teaching her how to use the dalek and like it's it's operated by like mind control, like thought. Like you say the oh, word, right. like you say the word hate, or you say the word love, and that translates into exterminate because they use emotions to power their weapons. It's all vague bullshit. Like they, <laughs> like Daleks operate. There's a different instruction manual depending on which episode of Doctor Who it is. Okay, I see. Don't right, worry yeah. about the continuity of how the Daleks operate because it will change in the next five minutes. Okay, so <laughs> well, like I mean, for instance, uh, this is the first time we ever see the Dalek fly, um, and then at the end of like season two they're fucking cruising through the air like they're, they're just whizzing about like it's it's yeah sure in this episode it can levitate but it's very slow going yeah. up those it's basically just hovering as it goes up the stairs but that even even in the end of this series when spoiler alert the daleks come back they're flying through space and you know doing everything they need to do and blowing shit up so they very quickly evolve <laughs> So, they do. <laughs> well, I think another, it's more like it. Gone. I was just going to say another evolution we've got is um, I, I don't know if you know this, but the the kind of design of the Daleks where it's in like three parts. You've got like the bottom bit, which is kind of almost triangular, then you've got the middle section where the weapons uh, are mm-hmm. onto, and then you've got the dome at the top. Uh, and one thing that uh, that's always been like stationary. It's never really changed uh, much the design but one thing this new who introduced is the the middle part rotates and the dalek can shoot enemies behind him and that sort of stuff and just oh, is that new now that that's well for this it was new so wow okay yeah pretty mind-blowing stuff really yeah and it, and it does lead to the <laughs> sequence where the Dalek, the Dalek is uh, is is kind of caught in a soldier sandwich with yeah. uh, two two squads on either side, and just one by one, it ro- it it shoots one, rotates, shoots one on the other side, <laughs> rotates again. I'm like, just polish them all off and then spin. No, I like that though. I feel like it, that's kind of like the Dalek toying with them, like picking them off that's one true, by yeah. one and being like, ha, look what I can do. It's you. Oh, now back to you. Now back to you. It was. It was just a bit of fun from the Dalek, really. That's what I liked. 
there are few things in my life that I would have that level of loyalty toward. And maybe that's why I'm not a soldier. <laughs> yeah. But at the same time, like, I'm watching it kill my mates and I'm yeah. watching my gun, which yeah. I only have one set of bullets for, yeah. continuously do nothing. Bullets aren't even hitting it. Except just... I'm moving. Yeah. I'm going. <laughs> They're dissolving before they even get there. <laughs> I, I am off. I, I love the nature of this, where mm. it is just... Um, I just I think it's a great concept, um, and I I think I'm pretty sure Doctor Who have used this a bunch of times. I, I'm hard pressed to remember an episode off the top of my head, um, but I'm sure we'll encounter it later on. This kind of trope um, where you stick a scary thing in a space that they can't leave, yeah, and it just slowly climbs the ranks, slowly yeah. tries to get to them. It's it's great because it really, I think I think this kind of has been lost over the years. Um, until recently anyway but I think it really shows you how terrifying the Daleks actually are like this mm. is just one Dalek and even the Doctor is fucking terrified at first like when he realises what it is he is banging on that door trying to get out he is fucking scared out of his mind um, and you know the fact that the fact that the doctor says like this one Dalek could if it got out of here could fucking destroy the entire earth you believe it you believe it because of like yeah. what you can see and the and the fear of the doctor and all of that it's it's really good it really did bring back the the terror of it in a in a way which i do think has been lost a little since then i, I just think it they they set it up on every fundamental level to be just this unstoppable fucking killing machine yeah um and i just think that that's like bullets aren't working um the doctor has this chilling line um and it, and it is a fucking like there's a couple of lines in this that make you go oh god yeah like um and but the, the one that really stood out to me was um when you see when they argue like oh you know what's the closest city salt lake city how many all people dead. live there a million yeah. all dead yeah and then he and then henry gets frustrated because obviously he's gonna he's to, he's to blame if they all die yeah um but he henry gets frustrated yeah. and he, he loses his temper and he goes but why would they do that and the doctor goes because he because they honestly believe that they should die yeah and it's just like oh like yeah you, <laughs> they don't want anything they want to just kill people yeah and it's fucking that's yeah. wild yeah and that's that's the most scariest thing like there's there's no stopping that you can't mm. reason with it you can't offer it anything to stop that there's nothing it would want more it's just that's how things should be so that's what it's going to do it's going to do its job and it's going to kill everyone because mm. it should because it thinks it should um i don't know if you if you noticed you probably did um the <laughs> the uh the negative effect when a dalek kills and how it's changed since this um I, I, so I recognise that they it, it 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 blue lights them, um, and they you see their skeleton. Yes. And then they you you see them drop, and then they're then they're not like disintegrated or anything. They're just dead human. Yeah. Not 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 even that. It's just the fact that like when a Dalek's weapon when it kills someone, and this was always the case in classical Who as well. It everything goes negative. Like the entire screen, it will all go negative. As oh, as, okay. as in like everything even surrounding the body. Nowadays that doesn't happen, it's just the body which goes negative. Um but here, back then it was it was it was the whole screen, everything. I didn't pick up on that. I guess I just yeah. haven't thought about it. No. Dunk on. 
Nathan, I run a Doctor Who podcast. <laughs> Stop embarrassing me. Uh, <laughs> I think even by the end of the season, they they changed that. Uh, well, I'm, I'm fairly because I I I quite clearly remember Captain Jack dying. Yeah. Um, when he's cornered and he's got his and he's down to his pistol, uh, and I'm fairly certain it's only Jack that goes negative. I might be wrong, but I don't know if we see Jack get shot. No, I, I I think I think you're probably right. I, but yeah. look, we'll um. I know we see him get shot because I always remember I like the physical performance of John Barrowman and how he just slumps. He's it's it, it's a very it's it, it's a good scene yeah, where he slumps just gives a lot, but he slumps a lot. Like how many yeah, deaths well. has that guy had? Yeah, but this was his first one. This was this was he was ready for it. He like he, he was just fully ready as an actor to just smack his head against the wall behind him and go down. Um, mm. No, like, I I like this. Right, listen. I'm gonna see if you take this away. Oh, I want to no. see if I want to see if we're on the same wavelength with this. All right, I'll set you up for it. Let's see if you bring it home. Nathan, you're a big fan of the Titanic. It is uh, one of my favorite movies, and I also like the ship too. Anything in this episode remind you of a bit of Titanic? The doors, Nathan. The closing doors, sliding under the doors. Oh, I'm gonna guess. Oh, that was a that was a great segment, wasn't it? <laughs> I'm well glad, well glad I just set you up for that one. Just teed myself up to look like a fucking idiot. That's fine. Uh, yeah. Okay. So <laughs> you can you can have to cut some dead air out of that. I know. There's look. There's the 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 bit where they're running down the corridor and the doctor is he's like fully re- like he's that scared of the Dalek getting out that he's fully prepared to lock Rose in there with it. Yeah. Uh, well, well, fully prepared is the wrong way of looking at it. I, it's more, I hate that I have to do this, but I have to do this. Yeah, it's, it's more of no other option sort of thing. Yeah. It's last, last, whatever, last case scenario. What, just what I really like about that scenario um, is firstly, um, I'm going to make it my little my little mission to, to find when the budgetary flaws show in the episodes. Um, <laughs> okay. Because Rose and Adam run down the same corridor twice. Oh, mate. They're... Yeah. <laughs> they do. They do. It's, it's so <laughs> obvious. It's the same angle. Yeah. <laughs> like, if you, if you pointed it out and told me it was the, just the same take they put in the edit twice, I'd believe you. It was that apparent. They, they would have had, like... like three of those flights of stairs to go up as well. Like, three yeah. sections of the staircase, and then just gone, just go up and down that, like, ten times. <laughs> <laughs> Billy Piper and that Coronation Street fella, they, uh, they, got, their, they got their workout in that. Yeah, they did. They, <laughs> they had their steps. pedometers set. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I, I, but I just, I quite enjoy that. Um, and I did, like, that's the moment where, um, again, you just, there's another clear reason to not like Adam. He just yeah. fucking, he just oh, he does slides it. under that. Yeah. Thing, yeah. What a prick. Don't yeah, like he's him. out big yeah. time. But, um, but yeah, and the doctor's few. But he makes a fair point, to be fair. The doctor's like, you were quick on your feet. And he was like, you shut the door, dickhead, not me. Uh, yeah, well, it's a, it's a fair point. Um, there's one moment. This is going back a little bit. Um, and maybe this is just some classic Nathan nitpicking lines in Doctor Who, which don't really make much sense. But here we go. Go for it. Um, there's a moment where the, the doctor is like, been examined, shall we say, by Van Staten, and then he's he's under the the painful X-ray machine or whatever that is, and then he's like, <laughs> oh, the MRI of death, yeah, the MRI of death. And he's like, 
Ooh, two hearts, binary vascular system. I'm going to patent this. How precisely do you patent <laughs> two hearts? Like, how, how can you trademark and, and turn that into a product? Like, what can you do with that? <laughs> I, th- I think it's more like, look, Firstly, you're right. It makes no fucking sense. <laughs> but but I also think it's something that you've you 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 mentioned to me once, and this is on our other podcast uh, at another happy pod. Go follow us on Twitter. Um, Available Fridays you, at ten a.m. There we go. Uh, you mentioned this on that podcast once about how um, sometimes billionaires have no fucking idea what to say. They just want to be the first one to talk. Um, <laughs> Did I say that? Yeah, yeah. This was. I think this was on our Glass Onion episode. All right. Um, and and you mentioned how every now and again someone on Twitter will be like, Elon, have you ever thought of, like, like like oh like like Elon, when will we finally get squirrels that uh, that can that can hand you a beer from the fridge? And he'll just he'll reply to the tweet saying working, working on, it. on it. Yeah, yeah, and it's and I think it I just think it gives off that vibes. To yeah, it does. Like, <laughs> it's just like he ha- he didn't know what he wanted to say. But he knew that it was enough in a court of law if he was recorded in a room being like, I like that idea, I'm going to make that a business. So that it ever came around at one point, he could sue whoever actually made something clever and cool and take all the money. I mean, could he, by just saying on record he's going to steal this from an alien? Can he... No, but he's dumb. He'd, he'd, he'd have gone, oh, but I said it to my lawyers. And they'll have gone, okay. And they'll, they'll have figured it out. Because again, everyone but billionaires are intelligent. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that is true. But no, you're, you're, you're uh, yeah. right. That's a that is a dumb line that makes no sense. It is a dumb line. Well, on the opposite, um, a good line which makes a lot of sense. And you said earlier some really good lines in this episode which give me which gives you chills. This for me was the line. Um, it's just when the Dalek, the Doctor and the Dalek have a bit of a uh, an altercation, a, a bit of a, a mouth off at each other. The doctor's like telling it to go kill itself and all this sort of stuff, and then the Dalek just says, "You would make a good Dalek." Oh, and I was like, fuck, oh, it's good. That is good. That is. And then, it, and then to to, add, to to give it both barrels, it hang. He hangs up on him. <laughs> he does. Yeah. He's like, "Stew on that, bitch." <laughs> You'd make a good Dalek. Bang, phone down. He's like, "Ah, oh, the burn. But, <laughs> Get yeah. the doctor some ice. My God." But it, it, it leans into it nicely, though, because, like, the the whole episode, like, it's not just a burn. Like, it's not mm. just the, the Dalek being like, zing, you let your guard down, you were cross, you'd make it's a good true. one of me. It, it, it's true in this episode. Yeah. The Doctor is fueled primarily by hate. He's ready to sacrifice Rose. I mean, yes, technically for the good of others, but more so, he wants to win. Yeah. He he wants he doesn't want to lose again against these fucking things. At the end um, of the episode, he's the one pointing the gun. He's the yeah. one ready to destroy the creature who at that point just wants to be free or die. Bit of both. I th- I think I think dying is its idea of being free though cuz yeah. like there's there's two episodes in Doctor Who that cover I mean two episodes that I have seen. I may be not referencing anything else in later seasons uh, that cover the nature of a human Dalek. Um, oh, there's definitely and- more. Yeah, the, the, I mean, by the sounds of it, if Clara's getting in a little fucking Dalek suit, there's definitely some. There's definitely more. Um, but but this this is this is done so well, I think, to the point where the Dalek is mutating because of the handprint ex machina thing. 
Yeah. Um, and it's and it's taking on some of like not Rose's traits, but I guess it's allowing itself to experience humanity in a way that it hasn't before. And mm. I like the Dalek mutating to the point where it's disgusted that it feels pain for the pain that it's caused. Mm. It just at that point, if you are a Dalek and all you've ever known is hate, that must feel like the end of the world. So at that point, it's probably like. Shoot me, someone. Yeah, no. yeah, this is horrible. No, you're right. To to spend your entire life being a creature of hate and knowing nothing but wanting to murder and eradicate anything as different, to suddenly having a sense of compassion and understanding, it's that'll fuck you up. That's got to be like, mm. ah, this is. I don't like this. This is wrong. Like everything <laughs> I've done is horrible. What the fuck, man? Like, yeah. And I like yeah. that it would rather die than acknowledge that. I mean, wouldn't we all? Sorry? Wouldn't we all? Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, yeah, I think it's I think it's interesting. I like that the... Um, uh, no, I'll tell you what. I think the extermination method that it uses to kill itself is a little bit weird. <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, just, it's like... And it balls, I guess, just come off. All then... my domes are gonna explode <laughs> me, and then and then I would never was or something. Yeah, a, a beautiful self-sacrifice from from the Dalek, I guess. But yeah, bit strange, bit weird. Visually um, strange, but gets the job done. Yeah, it dies. I think yeah. they wanted to make it more beautiful, more of a beautiful thing. And if it, if the Dalek, like, let's be honest, if the Doctor just. <laughs> put his massive bazooka gun to the Dalek's fleshy temple and then just blew it to kingdom come. It's not really going for that moment, is it? No. No, it's not. Um, yeah, so then Diana Goddard takes over. She's now the evil billionaire, I guess. Um, yeah, and then kind everything. of just feels like a passing of the torch, doesn't it? Yeah. Like... <laughs> I'm not confident she's going to do the right thing. Oh, no, I don't believe so at all. I think she'll be just as bad, but hey, whatever. Sure. She's, Adam's like she's gonna fill this place with cement. Um, no, she's not. Adam. She wants you to leave. <laughs> she's just she just doesn't care about you being there anymore. She's she's ready to go and clean house. She's picked up the Dalek gun off the floor yeah. and she's like, now now for the rest of the witness soldiers that didn't die. <laughs> what a girl boss. What a slay. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's fine when Diana does it because yeah. she <laughs> she's having a good time. She's slayed. Um, so, yes, now I believe it is time for everyone's favourite segment of the show. Certainly my favourite segment. And that is, of course... Weirdo of the Week! Oh, it's such a good theme. It's, it it's is, so but good. It's, it's so long. It's not so long. It's not. You just have this terrible uh, condition where any theme that's more than three seconds is long and awful, which isn't tweet the us. case. At Still Got Legs Pod. Let us know. We'll put a poll out. Is it? We won't put a poll out. Just tweet us. No. Weird Out of the Week is our my favorite segment and everyone's favorite segment. Your favorite segment. Uh, you being the listener, not you, Lawrence. Uh, but it, I, it is your favorite segment, though, I'm sure. Um, it's our only we... segment. <laughs> Shut up. It's no. The whole thing is a segment. Like, we don't just do weirdo of the week and then call it a day. 
Hello, it's the only additional to... segment we have of this show. Shut the fuck up. Hello. <laughs> uh, I don't know why I said hello. Um, <laughs> yes, so Weirdo of the Week is our favourite segment um, where we get to discuss our favourite uh, weird, wonderful and grubby little characters that we come across each and every week in this silly little show that is Doki Who. We like to celebrate and discuss who we clocked onto that week, which we found particularly weird um, and gross and, you know, sometimes just perverted in Lawrence's case. So, Lawrence, who is your weirdo of the week? Well, Nathan, it was slim pickings for perverts this week, but there was one that stood out to me. Um, no, no, this is... Look, sometimes there are episodes where it's so clearly obvious. Yes. Sometimes, sometimes they're harder to find, but this week, you, right? You know, you know when an actor is hired in a role, and they 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 say to themselves, "This is going to be my big break, so I'm going to give it 110 percent on every day I'm on, every frame I'm on camera." Yeah. I'm going to go. I'm going to go all out, and that's what I think you get from Simmons in this episode, who is the man whose job it is to torture the Dalek. Now he is my weirdo of the week. Because every time he does torture the Dalek, he's got a big perverted smile on him. Just a big, big cheesy grin. You know, at the one point he says to the doctor, you don't want to touch it. And he goes, yeah, the last person that touched it, he'd, he'd burn himself alive. And he's got a big, big fucking perverted grin. And he dies the way I think he would have wanted to, which is just having a big plunger suck his face off. And he's a pervert and I don't like him. <laughs> Wow. Okay. <laughs> Good stuff. That's, that's Simmons. That's my weirdo of the week. What? Who's yours? Uh, my weirdo of the week. Okay. Uh, there's something about the unearned arrogance uh, of of some men, um, which I find fascinating. To just imagine a scenario where you and a whole bunch of your, what you would imagine, are highly trained colleagues, are highly trained soldiers. Um, imagine they have all been wiped out like they were nothing, like they were children who didn't know what the fuck they were doing. They were eradicated and destroyed like babies with guns. That's essentially what they were. Imagine that happened. And you knew that happened. And the very thing that caused that to happen was coming to you next. And then imagine the one man who has knowledge and history of what this creature, this Metaltron is coming towards you, gives you advice on how to stop it. Imagine then telling that man, now you don't know what you're talking about. I know how to kill these robots. I'll be fine. Thank you very much. I think that yeah, soldier I, is my weirdo of the week just for his unearned arrogance. And he was very almost my weirdo of the week. Okay. Um uh, yeah, it, there's something about just the way the doctor's like your guns aren't going to work and he's like get off the airwaves doctor suck shit. I know what the <laughs> fuck I'm doing. Have you seen these badges? Get fucked. <laughs> and then dies immediately again. Yeah. Thank you, Doctor, but I think I know how to kill one tin robot. I'm sure your colleagues did too. And now they're all dead. Join them in the dirt, mate. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh. 
What an idiot. Anyway, yeah. I'm glad he's dead. Yeah, same. Fuck him. And yeah. fuck Simmons as well. Yeah, and fuck everyone. And fuck you, listener. Yeah, <laughs> fuck you. <laughs> Thank you very much no. for listening to this weird and wonderful show. What's next week, Nathan? What are we up to then? Next week is the long game. The longest game himself. there is, indeed. He's here. He's got his. He's got his Backstreet Boys uh, tips, frosted tips. Yeah, he's got his. Oh his... no, they're not frosted tips, are they? They're just. They are literally little... frosted tips. Are they not? Uh, yeah, but frosted tips is when it's like just the ends of the. No, hair, but they are it? literally frosted tips. Oh, they are. Fr- yeah, yeah, yeah. I have a. This is a blank spot for me. I'll be going in pretty much dark on this. I don't remember pretty Big. much anything other than Simon Pegg's in it. Big surprise in this episode, which I'm excited to discuss next week. Okay. Big surprise. I I don't know. You could be alluding to anything, and I genuinely have no memory of it. Big surprise. Do you want me to tell you what in terms of? Like, not what it is, but what it... Yeah, what should I be on the lookout for? Cast. And I'm not just talking about... Someone famous drops by. I'm not just talking about someone very famous. But, like... Okay. But, like, today, though. Not in 2005. So that's why... Ed Sheeran. It's Ed Sheeran. (laughs) He goes, hang on a minute, mate. They always told me someone better than me would come along. You want to get that joke? Go listen to our other podcast, at Another Happy Pod. Give us a follow. New episodes go live every Friday at 10am. But when do these go live, Nathan? Today, Monday, 10am. Unless you're not listening on a Monday. In that case, just the closest Monday to you. There'll have been one or there will be one at 10am. Exactly. Be there or be square and give it a five-star review. Please, I beg of you. It is a new show. Give us the traction that we so desperately require, please. Yes. Uh, And we will see you next week. Thank you very much. Nathan, play the theme while I'm talking uh, because we still haven't got used to how that is timed yet. Bye. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.